Amen. Thank you, Gary, for sharing that beautiful song. What a great message. Broken and spilled out. The Lord gave everything for us, didn't he? Well, let's turn to Galatians 5. We're nearing the last part of the section here on the fruit of the Spirit tonight and then next week. And tonight we are ready to look at meekness. And so look at Galatians 5, and I'm going to read, beginning at verse 22, the list. And you'll remember we've looked at several of these different characteristics that really describe the fruit, which is singular, of the Spirit that He is producing, trying to produce in all of us, which really is the character of God Himself. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or can be translated meekness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And so tonight we look at meekness, also can be translated as in the New King James, gentleness. You see, when we think of meekness, many times people think of what it's actually not. It's not a word that people tend to like. Often it's used in a very derogatory way. If somebody is meek, uh, people sometimes think that means they are weak or they are a coward and just let people run all over them. That's kind of the the popular idea of what it means to be meek. But that really is not at all biblically what it's talking about. Strength under control, I think, is as good a definition as there is of meekness. Strength under control. Under whose control? Under God's control. Biblically, meekness this kind of gentleness is a quiet strength that is under the control of God. And so here we find God wanting to produce this in your life and mine. And therefore, it must be something that is important for us. Many times people are not under the control of God. And instead, uh, they are proud arrogant, demanding of their own way, and they really want to be in control. But God would have us to be under His control and willing to accomplish His purpose and His plan with our lives. The New Testament concept of meekness reflects in our attitude both toward other people but also toward God Himself. Are you meek before God? Are you submissive to Him and to His plan and to His will? It, we might immediately answer, well, of course I am. But as we're going to see, do we, really, do, we, do we really do that in the way that we carry out our lives? Well, let's think about uh, the meaning here of meekness. We know that Jesus used this term to describe, to describe himself. In Matthew eleven 
29. That's the follow-on to uh, Jesus inviting people to come unto him. Look at Matthew chapter 11 and verse 29. After he had said in verse 28, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He then says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly. I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So if Jesus uses this term to describe himself, then it can't be a negative thing, can it? It can't be a bad thing. After all, as followers of Jesus Christ, we want to be like him. And he says, I am meek and lowly of heart. I am gentle and lowly of heart. The term meekness describes Jesus Christ as the King Messiah than when he entered the city of Jerusalem in his triumphal entry. He came in humility and in gentleness, in meekness. And shortly after his triumphal entry, he entered and cleansed the temple, didn't he? And so he wasn't weak. He wasn't a coward. But he was totally submitted to the plan of God, the Father, to bring about our salvation. And anything that it would take for that to be accomplished, Jesus was willing to do. He uses the term in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 5. And apart from meekness, you cannot grow and progress in the Christian life. And we're going to see why here in just a few moments. And it's listed as part of the spiritual garment of the follower of Christ in Colossians 3, 12 and 1 Peter 3, 8. And so this thing of meekness is a quiet strength under the control of God, you submitting yourself to God's control. Not weakness, not cowardice, but actually great strength. Now, you have known people like this. There may be somebody coming to mind in your, as you think about a person who is submitted to God and has this quiet strength. And they can endure almost anything and do it with the attitude that God would have them to reflect. And that's the kind of strength under the control of God that he wants us to have. Not bitter, not hateful, not demanding, not proud and arrogant, but rather focused on the purpose and plan of God. Meekness toward God includes a complete openness to his, his desire, his will, and a responsiveness to what God wants us to do. Not holding back, not going our own way, but rather doing what he would have us to do. One illustration is uh, the idea of, of passing the the reins, if you think of a, uh, a wagon with a team of horses, giving the reins to God, let him, letting him direct, letting him be in control, and we being under his control. There are a number of examples of meekness in the Scripture, Jesus being the primary one, as we've already seen. He was meek toward 
the plan of his father. He came to accomplish that plan, and he was open to whatever the father would have him to do. Even to the point, as uh, Paul said, even the death of the cross. He was that obedient. He was that under the control of the Father. And yet, so many times, we don't want to be that obedient and under the control of God. We, we chafe at it because we want to demand our own way. The cross, you see, is the highest expression of meekness, actually, because Jesus was willing to humble himself and to endure the most awful death, the most humiliating death, so that we might be lifted up, forgiven, saved, made children of God. Moses also exemplified meekness. Now, Moses, he wasn't weak, but he was someone who was submitted to what God would have him to do most of the time. He wasn't perfect, like none of us is perfect, but he is described in Numbers 12, 3 as being meek. And I think even Paul demonstrated this kind of attitude when he was willing to go to prison and to suffer whatever he had to in order to share the gospel with people as we have seen all through the book of Philippians as we studied Philippians. Now, thinking about what meekness is, how do we get there? What is the way to meekness? If you're thinking about yourself, well, I'm not sure that describes me. This is really not who I am. Well, this is who God is trying to lead us to be, submitted to him. Again, not weak, not a coward, but strength submitted under the control of God, willing to do whatever it takes for God's plan to be accomplished. Even if that means humiliation and suffering, we're willing to submit ourselves to him. How do we get there? The Holy Spirit is at work to produce this in us. Well, look at James 1. I think James 1, and we're going to spend a few moments on these verses in James 1, verses 22 and 23, because I think this really gives us the way to meekness. James chapter 1. And here we find in verses 21 and 22, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. James 1, 21 and 22. Receive with meekness the implanted word. We have to receive with meekness the word of God. And so when you come to the Scripture and what God says to us in His Word, we need to do so with this quality that the Spirit is seeking to produce in us, and that is meekness, strength under control, open and willing to be controlled by the Lord, wanting to know His will, 
willing to follow his direction and his way. We need guidance, and God knows what we don't know. And so if you're not uh, a person willing to submit yourself to God and acknowledge that he is God and you, I am not, we are not God, and we need his help. We need his direction to know what truth is and to know what way we are to take in life. It requires meekness before God to be willing to receive his word. This really is the delineating line between those who are willing to receive the Bible, the word of God as God's truth and accept it by faith and those who are not willing to do that. It requires a meekness of spirit before God. If someone thinks they know everything and they've got everything figured out and they are so haughty and arrogant and proud, even when they come before God and God says something in His Word, their reaction is, well, I don't believe that. God's got it wrong. Now think about that for a minute. God has it wrong. And I have it right. Is that meekness? Is that meekness of spirit? That's the opposite of meekness. We tend to think of meekness only being how we relate to other people. Maybe primarily meekness is all about how we relate to God. Are we meek in spirit when we hear and receive the word of God? Do we allow God to implant his word in us? Because we embrace it and we trust it and we're willing to live it out. We need God's direction from his word. That's the only way we will then relate not only to God but to others with this quality of meekness. It requires three things really. A repentant spirit. That's what's described here. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Now, this word that is described here, filthiness, is a word in the Greek that literally means wax in the ear. They don't get grossed out here. We've all struggled with this at times, right? But that's the word that's used here, wax in the ear. In other words, get the wax out of your ears. If you want to hear what God is saying to you, you got to get the wax out of your ears. The filthiness, the overflow of wickedness. I think James is talking about the fact that even as Christians, when we come to faith in him, we're still living with the residue, the residual effect of this sinful world. And we're still dealing with sin. Even though our sin is forgiven, we're still dealing with the overflow of it in life and in this world. And the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to not be controlled by that, that attitude of sin and arrogance and pride and instead be willing to hear Him, to listen to what He would say. Get the spiritual wax out of your ears. And listen to what God is saying. In the old King James it says. Super. I don't know if I can say it. Superfluity of naughtiness. Superfluous. 
if something is superfluous, right, it's, a, it's an excess. It, it's not really necessary. It, it's, a, it's an overflow of something. And we don't want to have a, a, su, su, a superfluity of naughtiness or filthiness in our lives. That will get in the way of us being submitted to what God would have us to be and to do. And so it requires a repentant spirit. And that's what James is saying. You've got to be willing to come to him in total submission and hear what he would say to you. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. We have to be receptive. Receive, he says, the implanted word. Receive with meekness the implanted word. There must be not only a repentant spirit, but a heart that is open and receptive. There are two words in the Greek for receive. One is a word that basically means you reach out and take something. It's there and you receive it. You take it. But then the other word, and that's the word that is used here, is actually saying that it's something that is given to you. It is a gift. And it is placed within you. And God wants to place his word in us. Not something that we uh, can lay claim to uh, in our own ability, our own wisdom. But it's the word of God that he wants to place within us. He wants to implant it in us. And we are to receive it as the word of God as the wisdom of God, the plan of God. Not anything of our own creation, but God himself. And this is what God wants for us. It requires meekness to accept it that way, though. If you think you know more than God, and you're just a little bit smarter than everybody who's ever submitted to God, you'll never receive the word of God as God intends. You won't hear what God is trying to say, not clearly. And I think that's why so many people who come to the Bible in pride and arrogance, rather than with this meekness of spirit, they never hear what God is trying to say to them. And they spend their life wondering what's wrong with the Bible. Well, there's nothing wrong with the Bible. There's something wrong with your heart. You're not coming to it with this spirit of openness and to receive what God wants to place within you to give you the truth and you follow it and so you can't come to God's word in arrogance you must come to it with meekness and so welcome the word of God and what God would say to you receive it let God by his spirit, implant the word in your heart. And we have to have a responsive spirit. In other words, we have to be willing to not only hear the word, but then act on it. And the more we do that, the more we'll be like Jesus. And we will become that person of strength under God's control. Because we begin to not only hear what God is saying to us, we're putting it into practice. We believe it so much, we're doing it. Not just talking about it or listening to it, 
We're doing what God is saying. And we can't help but be more under his control and more like him when we do that. And that's why James said, be doers of the word, but be doers of the word. Don't just, don't just be a person that God is implanting the word in you. Do what he says to do. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. God wants us to put his word into practice, to live by it, and to thereby share with the world that Jesus is the only way. And he is so important that we're going to live our lives by what he would say to us. And so trust God. Follow him. Do what he says to do. Be open to his word. And I think that as we do that, we will begin to exemplify this quality that the Bible calls meekness. You see, Jesus had perfect communication with the Father. He knew exactly what he was on the earth to do, that to be the Savior of the world. And he had perfect communication, hearing and doing. And this is what he wants for us, that we be meek as he was meek, meek before God, and then in the face of God's will to do whatever God wants us to do. Somebody said a college education is that process by which the material in the professor's notebook gets into the student's notebook without going through the head of either one of them. Well, that's not what God wants for the Bible. It's from God's mind and heart, the Bible is. And he wants to implant it in us so that we then live it out and become like Christ. And so that's not anything this world can produce, but only what God can produce. And so when we are yielded to the word of God, we will live out this powerful character of God, which includes meekness, meek before him. Now, one thing to think about that I thought was very intriguing as I was studying for this, somebody pointed out that perhaps the greatest test of your meekness, my meekness before God, it will come when things don't go as we hope and plan. When bad things happen to good people. Do we really believe and submit to Romans 8.28? For all things work together for good. For those who love God. For those who are the called according to his purpose. Are you submissive before God when things don't go as you had prayed for or planned? That may be the greatest test. Are we submitted before God the way he wants us to be? That we're willing to say, Lord, I don't even understand this. I can't explain it. But I trust you and your plan. And I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. In faith, I receive your truth, your word. And I'm going to walk with you. Some people get angry. Some people turn away from God. Some people accuse God. 
of awful things. Why? Because they can't explain something. Because they don't understand something. That's when strength under control should be exhibited. We're under God's control in the mountaintop experiences and in the valleys of life because we, we trust him and we trust his word. So meekness, let's be meek before God, submitted to him, strength under his control. And let's relate to this world as a living example of the power of Christ living in us. Would you pray with me? We thank you, Lord, for your word. Help us to always receive it. To receive what you would say to us. Not our own concoction or somebody else's interpretation even. But always looking to what you say. We pray that you'll lead us and help us, Lord, to be submitted to you. So that it's this strength, your strength in us, under your control, that we live by and that we share with the world so that people can come to know the power and love of Jesus Christ. Lord, if there's someone here tonight who needs to make a decision publicly or privately that you're leading them to make, we pray that tonight you'd give them courage to follow your direction. May we be willing to submit ourselves to you and to follow your direction. We love you, and we thank you so much for your love and grace. And now in this time of invitation, we pray that you'll lead us and help us to be obedient. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.